Hello ladies and welcome back. I'm Michaela and this is Lactation Station. I hope things are going great for you guys. Man, it is hot in here in Vegas and luckily we're in August finally. So things will start cooling off in September a little bit, but it's it's pretty hot here. Um, some exciting things going on. I finished up the website. I hope that you've had a chance to take a look at it. I have some Amazon links on the website. If you're looking for a TENS unit or some supplements, check out the website. And if you would, use those links to get your supplements. Also, if you have a friend or you know somebody that might be trying to induce, if you would refer them to the podcast, that would help greatly. I recently became a brand ambassador for a women's clothing company called Just Strong. And I can get you some discount codes and, you know, a few other things. I should have some products here in a couple of weeks that I can tell you more about. But if you're interested in learning about Just Strong Clothing for Women, you can check out their website. They also have a Facebook page, so you can check out their Facebook page, as well as join my group if you haven't already, because I really enjoy having you ladies on the Facebook group and being able to talk and problem solve about stuff. You know, that's that's really exciting for me. I like to do that kind of stuff. So if you get the chance, join the Facebook group. It's Citation Station 2020 on Facebook. It's super easy to find, and, you know, we're a great community, and we would love to have you. Okay, so this week was a little frustrating for me um, because I really wanted to talk about the long-term effects of lactation on the female body, but there is little to no information available anywhere, at least not where I can find it. I searched the internet, I searched the library, I searched medical records, and medical journals, I mean, not medical records, medical journals, and there was just not a lot of information out there. You know, I mentioned this in a post in my Facebook group, and one of the members said that she wasn't surprised, given that we live in a patriarch society. And, you know, I don't disagree with her. There is a lot of information um, for men, you know, who, what, why, and where, what makes them tick, what makes fix, fixes them, you know, how to make this better and how to make that better. But there's not a lot of science for women, and it's very frustrating. But that is a conversation for another day. Let's talk about what I was looking for and what I found. What I was looking for was information on what happens to the body as you continue to lactate through the years. Uh, let's say five plus years or more. Um, the information that I found was more about what happens to your body years later after you finish lactating or breastfeeding. And they, you know, there, there was some information about, um, you know, what happens to your body. Like if you're in your twenties and you lactate or breastfeed, you know, and then you stop, what is your body going to be like at 50? What are the results of that, you know, 30 years later? But there's literally no science on what if you start breastfeeding in your 20s and decide you like it, so you keep lactating until you're 50. What does it do to your body? There is no science for that. But here's a few things that I did find based on... um what happens to your body years later. So 
lactation normally delays the return of regular ovulation. We already know that. I talk about that all the time. The effect of maternal nutritional status on this delay is not understood. Although lactation provides important contraceptive benefits on a worldwide basis, it is not a dependable method of contraception for individuals. I disagree. And I said it last week when we were, I was talking about lactational amenorrhea. You know, I haven't had a cycle in two years. Well, I mean, I think I had one, one or two. So I, you know, I think more science needs to study that as a contraceptive because I, my body disagrees with that statement. If I was in, you know, at the age where I was having children, then I could easily have used it as a contraceptive method for the last two years. So then the question is, is that because I'm older? Would it be the same if I was in my 20s? You see where we need the science here? We need our scientists to start investigating the female body the way they investigate the male body. And, you know, I mean, really, how many more erection pills do we need? I don't even know how else to say that. You know, we don't need six more pills to help the guys stay hard. Okay, we just need more information about our bodies. There are insufficient data to determine whether lactation influences maternal risk of adult onset obesity. There is insufficient data to determine whether lactation influences maternal risk of osteoporosis. And their, their most recent etymology evaluations suggest that breastfeeding may be protective against breast cancer, but there's conflicting evidence. So why don't we know more about this? If breastfeeding or suckling will help prevent breast cancer, why don't we know more about this? There, um, I, I think in an earlier episode, I talked about how suckling um, having someone suckle your breast will help prevent breast cancer. And there is, the science is undecided on that. Will it work or won't it work? Here's my take on it. I don't know if it will work or it won't work, but if there's a chance that it will work, then do it. That's it. That's how, just that simple. That's how I feel about it. If there's a chance that suckling a partner will help you not get breast cancer, then do it. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's my soapbox and you know I I still don't understand why we don't know more and if science does know more about the female body how come it's not out there for us to know I mean it's my body why shouldn't I know what tests have been run and how things work that's you know that's how I feel about it I had a couple people on reddit ask me about wet nursing and um, a few of them were about wet nursing babies and a few of them were about wet nursing, wet nursing adults. So I'm going to talk about both of those. So for those of you who don't know, a wet nurse is a woman who breastfeeds and cares for another woman's child or man. I guess, you know, if the wife has left or died, they just care for an, another child other than their own. 
Before the development of infant formula in the 20th century, wet nursing literally could save a baby's life because there weren't a lot of other options. And I read some really screwed up stuff too, let me tell you. Like in orphanages, they used to take the babies out to the donkeys and the goats and just let them latch on to the goat. I mean, I guess, you know, you do what you have to do. And those were one of the options that they had. But can you imagine, you know, six nuns sitting, you know, with a row of goats just holding an infant under there so the baby can nurse on the goat or the donkey or whatever? I mean, that that just really seems like a dangerous situation to me. But, you know, you did what you had to to save those babies. And the baby mortality rate was terrible back in medieval times. You know, the wet nurse was the best option. Wet nursing is actually a very ancient practice, and it's common in many cultures. And it has been linked to social class, where um, monarchies, or aristocracy, nobility, and upper class had their children wet nursed for the benefit of the child's health, so they said. And sometimes in the hope of the mother becoming pregnant, you know, right again right away. And I read, you know, there's a lot of different information about that, too. Sometimes the women were only having children for the sake of having an heir for the husband. So, you know, it was crucial to continue to have children and to, until you had that male. The females were just literally farmed out to the wet nurses so that the mom could keep having children. Uh, sometimes women in aristocracy felt that breastfeeding their babies was beneath them. That was something for the help to do. They didn't want to change the look or structure of their breasts. So they left that to, you know, the wet nurse and the nannies and all that to take care of their children for them. So they didn't have to be bothered with it. Exclusively breastfeeding inhibits ovulation in some women, lactational amenorrhea, which we already know that. Poor women especially those who suffered the stigma of giving birth to an illegitimate child, sometimes had to give their child up temporarily to another wet nurse or even permanently to another family uh, because they didn't want to live with the stigma of that illegitimate child. And it doesn't matter, you know, how it happened. It was always the woman's fault. You know, if the head of the household forced himself on the maid or... You know, whatever the case may be, I'm not trying to drudge up anything here. I'm just simply saying, you know, it was always the woman's fault. So she had to find a solution for that baby. So a lot of times she would give the baby away and then she herself would get a job as um, a wet nurse to a wealthier family. And then she could use part of her wages to pay for her own child's wet nurse, you know, for her child's upkeep, wh whichever the case may be, or just create a better life for herself. From Roman times into the present day, philosophers and thinkers alike have held the view that the important emotional bond between mother and child is threatened by the presence of a wet nurse. And I don't disagree with that. If any of you have watched a child or, you know, helped raise a child or any of that other stuff in modern times, you know, you know that those children develop a bond with their caretaker. And if a mom is working eight hours a day or 12 hours a day 
and there's somebody else home with that child during their formative years, that child will most definitely develop a bond with that caretaker. So, um, and if you breastfed any of your children, then you know that that's a very special bond. So as a wet nurse who's bonding with a child, not just taking care of them, but also breastfeeding them, you know, that's a, that's a big deal. And it can feel heart wrenching if that child is taken away from you for whatever reason. So, you know, being a wet nurse is, it can be a tough profession to be in. Wet nursing dates as far back as Roman times. And in most countries and cultures, there's a history of wet nurses. Now, in contemporary Western societies, such as the United States, the act of nursing a baby other than one's own often provokes cultural discomfort. And I believe it is because we have sexualized breasts, female breasts specifically. We have created such a culture around breasts that they're no longer viewed as the thing that they're meant to be. You know, it's no longer a vessel to feed your child with. Now it's the bigger and the better and the bouncier. And, you know, you're 63, but your breasts look like you're 22. You know, it's not, we've lost the natural effect of breasts. And that's unfortunate because children are what's important, not, you know, what society sees our breasts as. And just um, on a side note, our species, our human species, is the only species who develop breasts and then breastfeed and retain those developed breasts. Any other society, if you watch a dog that has puppies, after the puppies are weaned, the teats flatten out. The same with gorillas. Um, the same with any other species, with the exception of a cow, because we continue to pump cow's milk so their udders stay big. But any other species, their, their breasts or teats flatten back out, you know, with their body. So we're the only society that maintains, you know, a large breast after breastfeeding. Why? I don't know. I heard, I actually had somebody say to me the other day that it was to attract a mate. And maybe that's true. I don't know. So wet nurses are still very common in other countries. Although the practice poses a risk of infection, you know, and I would hope that if you decide to have a wet nurse, that you would, you know, do all the testing and make sure that it was safe and and she was safe and it was the best option for you and your baby instead of just picking a random stranger off the street. In China, Indonesia, and the Philippines, a wet nurse um, it can still be employed in addition to a nanny as a mark of aristocracy, wealth, and high status. Now, in 2008, there was the Chinese milk scandal um, in which... Um, a bunch of infant formula was contaminated and poisoned thousands of babies. If that right there isn't enough to make you not want to feed formula to a baby, then I don't know what is. But um, following that, the salaries of wet nurses there increased dramatically. And the use of a wet nurse is seen as a status symbol in some parts of modern China. 
Also, interestingly enough, in China, adults who want to consume breast milk for health benefits can log on to websites where lactating ladies offer their services. And it's not like taboo like it is here. I mean, there are websites where you can get breast milk, but not, um, you can't just say, hey, I'm a 53-year-old adult and I want to buy some breast milk because people are going to be like, oh, no, that's crazy. Why would you want to do that? That's disgusting. But it's not like that in China. You know, they actually have websites. They have milk bars. They have all these um, avenues for adults that want to buy or consume breast milk. And it's actually become a practice for wealthy adults who feel that breast milk is best even when they are way out of the baby range. So, it's something to think about. The practice of wet nursing remains controversial. In 2007, the breastfeeding group La Leech League was discouraging this practice, and their biggest concern was infection or disease being passed from nurse to baby. Now, I don't know if I couldn't find any follow-up information on that, so I don't know if they've since changed their stance on it or if that's where they still stand. But that that was from their website in 2007. Now, I've also heard that there's a company in L.A. that works to connect wet nurses with clients, but I couldn't find it online. So if there is such a company that does that, I guess you have to be in the know to know. So I don't know if you're in the L.A. area and you want to be a wet nurse, you know, Maybe try to find find out that information. I visited the site Only the Breast, and they also have a wet nurse category for those of you interested in wet nursing a baby. Uh, this usually involves living with the family so that you're available to feed whenever is needed. And there's sometimes the option of cross-feeding as well. Like, say, the mother is working during the day and she isn't available during those work hours to feed the baby. So a wet nurse may be hired for those hours to nurse and care for the baby while the mom's at work. That's what cross-feeding is, where two people are feeding the baby. I found a couple of sites that may be able to point you in the right direction for wet nursing or milk donation. Eats for Feets should have a local Facebook group you can check out and Human Milk for Human Babies. I personally follow the local Eats for Feats Facebook group where I can donate surplus milk when I have it. And I highly suggest that you follow it as well. It, and you can just go to the Eats for Feats website. I think it's eatsforfeats.org, but I'm not sure. And I do know if you Google Eats for Feats, then it should come up. And then on their website, they have a list of all the states and you just find your state and then it'll give you a local Facebook group like the one that I follow is for the Las Vegas area. So if wet nursing an adult is your goal and that's something that you want to try, I suggest setting up an ad on some adult sites like FetLife. You can write up your requirements and post it to your area in a classified ad. And once you have um, some clients, then you can start to build clientele through word of mouth. If you decide to do either one, here are some helpful hints for you. Only use PayPal to accept payment or some other payment app. Never use or give out personal information. Write a great ad and make sure you refresh or check on that ad often. Never give out your personal info, ever. 
Use Kick or some other app for potential clients to get in touch with you. Never give out your phone number. Don't let them text message you. Find something else to use as a way to communicate with potential clients. Check out other ads to help you decide and set not only your price list, but what you're willing to offer. I would also suggest that you do not do a, well, adult nursing alone. Uh, and I don't mean take somebody with you, but somebody needs to be aware of what you're doing. Have a friend that can keep track of you. Use the Find a Friend app or keep in phone contact. Like if you know your session's going to be for an hour, then call your friend and say, okay, I'm here. And then let them know that in exactly one hour, you're going to be calling them. And then have a plan for if you don't call in one hour, you know, does she call you? Does she wait 10 minutes? You know, you have that plan, you know, just to keep yourself safe. Always require that you meet in a public place and schedule your sessions at a public hotel. And if you have a client that is married or whatever reason does not want to meet you in a public hotel, I don't recommend you go to their home unless you know them well. Let your friend know who, who you're there to see and let that person know that, you know, you have somebody that knows their name and how to get in touch with them, what room you're in and all that information. Just, and it's just to keep you safe. I know I probably sound like some kind of weirdo, but when you're going out and meeting random strangers, you know, you want to keep yourself safe. A person becomes a regular client, then maybe you can relax, relax those, um, that structure, you know, so you don't have to be so uptight. But at first, you just really want to keep yourself safe because you don't know who's going to be showing up. If this is something you decide to do, just please keep yourself safe. All right, ladies, I feel like I've been screaming at you all day. I don't know what's going on with my recording equipment, but I sound really loud and echoey, and I'm really sorry. I'll see if I can get a handle on this and try to fix it. Don't forget to go to the website, check everything out, check out the new Amazon links. There's, you know, a few different things there. Hit up Just Strong Clothing for Women and check out what they got. And like I said, as soon as I get my stuff from them, I'll have a better idea of what their products are. I can get some discount codes for you. If you see stuff you like, just let me know. You can email me at lactationstation2020 at gmail.com. Join the Facebook group because I love having you guys around. You know, I wouldn't be doing any of this if it wasn't for all of you guys. I appreciate you and I love you so much. Have a wonderful day and I will talk to you later. This is Michaela at Lactation Station. Good night.